is a billionaire's in boxes production. Hello and welcome to this edition of Billionaires in Boxes. I'm your host, Phil Paluccia, the digital business connector, as always. Pleased to be here. And I am joined by Steve from Inspire Radio. Steve, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Phil. How are you? I'm really well. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. This has been a, a conversation a long time in the making. And uh, for those of you that are thinking, that sounds awfully familiar, uh, <laughs> Inspire Radio. Uh, Inspire Radio is the link that you will have seen me pushing out a lot across social media as we've been sharing some of our content with uh, with Inspire Radio and, and, and vice versa over the last few months. So this is really an opportunity to dive deeper into Steve's background and also into the power of Inspire Radio. Yeah, wow. So where do we start, Phil? Well, I guess my, my background is really from the age of 18. Now, that's a long time ago. <laughs> that's a long time ago. Uh, really got involved in personal development around that time and, and always been really passionate about why people do the things that they do, um, mm-hmm. even when they want to make a change, but then they do the opposite. So what's going on? Um, so that's always been my passion. And, um, and I also had a passion for radio at that point. Uh, but I didn't have a clue how to get involved in radio at all. No idea at all. And of course, those days we're going back to how uh, a lot. No, how it's not digital like it is now. Um, and I was out. I was working for um, for Pillsbury UK as a sales guy at the time. And I walked into this uh, customer's office, and on the table was a little uh, flag um, around a local hospital radio station. And I just said, so who runs that then? And the, the, uh, the girl on reception said, it's my, uh, it's my boyfriend. So me being me just said, you couldn't give me an introduction, could you? So I got an introduction and began my radio career on a hospital radio station in a place called Bridlington on the East Yorkshire coast over here in the UK. Wow. So, so that's how it started. I love it. And it, yeah. you were bitten by the bug. I was bitten by the bug. So, you know, I, I got involved and did lots of things on there, on the hospital radio, um, but then thought, well, let's explore this a little bit more. So, you know, I sent off, I must have sent off, no word of a lie, over a hundred and odd demo tapes in those days because you were recording tapes and, God, and I got loads of no's or even no replies at all. Okay, um, but then uh, I got I got a positive response from a radio station in East Yorkshire called um, it was Viking Radio then, um, and I went down there and I met them and I and I got a slot covering for presenters when they were on holiday. Now, me being naive at the time, Phil thought this is it. This is this is millionaire stuff. i've made it i've made it this this is this is it um and uh, but i was wrong and uh, and and also what happened at the time working with pillsbury i was doing i ended up being away more than the presenters were um so it it didn't last that long uh, to be honest and so i I came out of that and uh, probably a bit dispirited to be honest but still had this had this passion uh to to crack on and do it and but life gets in the way as it does i'd got young family i needed to sort of earn the money didn't have the time to do things so i left it for for a number of years um but then as my work as a 
so I work as an inspirational coach and hypnotherapist. And I was doing lots of talks and workshops. And I sat here one, you know, a, a bit discouraged at that time. And I had a young family and I, I just sort of carried on with my sort of sales and marketing career. But this has always niggled me at the uh, at the back of my mind. So so what I did, uh, I worked as an inspirational coach and a hypnotherapist a bit further on in my, my life as well. And my goal is to positively make a positive difference to one million people's lives. And I was sat at a kitchen table one day and thought, this is going to take a long time doing one-to-ones and talks to people, get back, get back into radio. So then I had this, I don't know if you've had this in your life, Phil, but I'm sitting there and I get this little, I get this negative guy talking to me on the shoulder. Um, Mm -hmm. So how are you going to do that then? How's that going to work? Who do you think you are? So I made a cup of tea, um, came back and into my inbox, I got an email from an American radio station, (laughs) which which initially I thought was spam. Um, Anyway, I replied And I ended up doing a program at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night called Be Happy, Be Inspired for 20 minutes from my kitchen table here in the UK. Mm -hmm. And it just, and it took off, absolutely took off. Uh, People obviously liked the content I was putting out there. And, And then I began to think, well, this is going to get a little bit boring, just me doing this. What about getting some guests? So I just made a list of people who've got inspirational books out and off I went and contacted them. Um, got about five or six no's from the first uh, calls I made. And, and then a guy in the UK called Patrick Holford, who was one of the top nutritionists in the UK, came on as my first guest. Um, so we did 40 minutes and then I got a few guests on um, and it grew and grew and grew. And then I got an email from a company in America again called Sephra Publishing. Uh, one of their guys there rang, uh, emailed me. They said, Steve, we've been listening to the radio show. Um, would you like to interview some of our authors? Love it. Yep. Yes, I would. Um, and it just took off, Phil, um, doing that on the American platform. Uh, loved it. Uh, listeners, downloads going really well. Um and then I got an approach from a, a guy who I knew over in the UK that was setting a radio station up and asked me if I'd come and do um, a program called Inspire for him, uh, which I did. And, and I did that. And like a fool, I'd stopped doing the American one. Right. Um, and I, to be totally honest, um, I, I honestly thought ego, ego got in the way a bit. Yeah. There I was back in a UK radio station in a studio. Um, ego got in the way and, uh, yeah, gave, let the other one go. But the one thing I always think about, uh, Phil, is and um, everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Right? Um, and what that did for me, it, it actually got back into a mainstream studio and it taught me lots of things that um, have helped me get to where we've got to now. So, I spent some time on there, did loads of things on there, and and but eventually that radio station, unfortunately for them, when it went it went bust, it it wasn't sustainable. But here's an interesting twist: the guy that I first met at Hospital Radio, who ran that radio station, went on to have a great career in radio as a producer, station controller. He set another radio station up in my part of the world called Great Yorkshire Radio. Okay. And uh, we got in touch. So I went to work for Great Yorkshire Radio. 
um, presenting the evening show on there. So coming back, connections, keep in touch, doors open. Um, so there we go. Did that, working on, on Great Yorkshire Radio, worked on another radio station as well over in the UK that I still do. But I got this burning passion to bring Inspire Radio to the marketplace because I wanted to bring something that was different, something that did make a positive difference to people's lives. Um, and it was burning away for me. And at the, at the same time, I also um, got asked by a few other guys I know to set another radio station up in York, which I did. I went in as the MD of that one. But mm-hmm. but I knew it didn't feel right, Phil. Yes. Inspire Radio was the right place to go. So I pulled out of that. Um, I had a word with some guys I knew in the radio world. and said, look, I've got this idea, online radio station, what do you think? And they went, awesome, love it, what an, what an idea. But I had to learn a lot of the back of the house stuff to make it happen, which I did. Um, and the, the guys in the radio world said to me, you know, of course, Steve, when you're formatting your programmes, you need to have uh, the news at the top of the hour. And I went, no, no news. I can't have a positive radio station and then having depressing news at the top of the hour. Okay. On the hour, every hour, here's some reasons to feel miserable. Yeah, it's not, it's not going <laughs> to happen, Phil. Um, and also from an advertising perspective, um, I didn't want any double glazing ads or tarmac drive. I wanted ads that were inspirational and linked to inspiration. So so it came together and, and, and there was I with this idea um, – but no presenters, <laughs> not, not one, only me. But but again, how the world works. Uh, seven, seven or eight years ago, I interviewed a guy in America called Steve Gamlin, who's a vision board master. Mm-hmm. And um, Steve worked in the radio in America when he was in his 30s um, soft rock station. And I just put something out on LinkedIn saying, looking forward to launching Inspire Radio, da, da, da. And uh, we kept in touch, Steve, and he messaged me. He said, hey, what are you up to, pal? So I told him, and Steve became my first presenter. Fantastic. Presents a program on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from the States. And then other people came out of the woodwork, Phil, Mm. (laughs) and contacted me. So we now have a team of presenters, and I know, you know, we'll talk about how you got involved a bit later. So I've got I've got presenters in uh, from America, from Australia, from Cape Town, here in the UK, and every one of those presenters, we found one another. If that makes sense, it really does. You know, all all with the same values, all with the same ethos. So part of the Inspire format is to give people opportunities that have never done something like this before. And and Joe, who presents the mid-morning show, um, 10 till 1, and never presented a programme before in her life before she joined us. Wow. So so it came together. Um, and I, when I talk to people about things like that, I say, look, don't, don't wait for things to be perfect because they never will be. Um, so we only launched January 2020 this year, and we're now in 32 countries across yeah. the world. I love that so much. I yeah. really do. Um, and do you know what? You've touched on a lot there, but I think uh, there's, there's so much that resonates straight away, and I'm sure it will with many of our listeners, because we've all, we've all had that experience where 
we meet people at the time that you're supposed to meet them and you know you meet somebody and you you instantly get a feeling about them and I'm, I'm a firm believer in if you share your vision and your story so obviously your 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 aim is to uh, inspire you know, a million people and and that really resonated with me because as you know my vision is to empower one billion entrepreneurs so it was like together we can start to empower and inspire even more people and and, and that was really where that came from and like I you know, it wasn't a coincidence that you found out about that radio station. It wasn't a coincidence that you received that email because I don't believe in coincidence. I believe that when you put yourself out there and you you sort of vibrate on a certain frequency, people will find you and the opportunities will find you. And and one of the things that I often say to a lot of my clients and friends alike is, you know, it it doesn't have to look the way you think it does. Um, if you just put yourself out there and go for it, you know, the universe will often have a much better plan than you ever could sort of create logically. Um, I mean, a lot of the time you look back on your life and if you, if you don't spend real time reflecting on it, a lot of things could just seem random. It's like, how did, you know, how did that happen? It's like, well, it's just got this random email or I bumped into this person randomly, but it's not random. It's never random. It was always, you know, whether you believe in the law of entanglement and quantum entanglement and all that kind of stuff, but or divine presence or whatever it is you want to look at this there is there is certainly an element of you know connectivity between people and you meet the people you're supposed to meet when you're supposed to meet them i firmly believe that yeah it's filled without without a shadow of a doubt and you know and and you take things from you know like you're describing there at the times you wonder you think why has it gone that way but then when you go on the path You've got to go on the wrong path sometimes to find the right path, True. If, if that makes sense. It really does. But when you look back and you go, you know, my time, my time with that radio station in York that unfortunately went 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 bust, it, it, it taught me a lot. Mm. Without that, I wouldn't be able to do some of the things I'm doing now. Um, and and it's great, you know, I'll just share this story with you because. When I was working on that radio station, and I, um, I'll be totally honest, ego really overtook me big time. I honestly thought I was some mini celebrity. Mm. <laughs> well, crazy world. And my daughter, who's um, she's grown up in this world of personal development, because um, both my wife and I work in that sector as well. And she was sat on the settee with me one day, and she said, um, she calls me Papa, and she said, um, Papa, where is this radio thing taking you at the time on this other radio station? And I could feel the resistance, Phil. I thought, how dare you? Mm. How dare you ask me? And she went, I know you love radio, but how does sitting in a studio three hours every afternoon telling people the roads are busy in York get you nearer your goal of inspiring one million people? Mm. Oh, wow. And But then she asked me the killer question, Phil. And the killer question was this, or is it just ego? Yeah. Wow. And Haley, my daughter, I share that story with her now and a reminder of that. She she gave me a great lesson and story and changed my thinking patterns in that moment. And I made moves. I'd already started to come out with the radio station before it went under. Mm. And that was due to that question coming from Haley and making me really think about what I wanted to do. I love that, though. And get get back on the right path. Do you know what? I, I, I'm a firm believer in the things that we have a bit of a, a resistance to are actually the areas that we can learn the most from. Um, 
you know, it's the we, we're quite happy to live in our comfort area, aren't we, and focus on the things that we're best at and stay in a particular mindset. But it's the the growing is done in the things that are painful and, and the tasks that are painful, the questions that are painful, in the failures that are painful. Um, you know, we, we always learn far more from the failures in our life than we do the successes. And I don't even like the phrase failures, but you you understand what I mean. I it's, do, yeah. Um, you know, I was speaking to somebody the other day, and, and he's a very, very successful entrepreneur. And he said, "You have to fail at least once before you understand what success is." And and I remember thinking that was quite a profound comment. And uh, we we had the discussion of, well, can you plan for failure? You know, when you're doing a business plan, can you plan that in the first three years you're going to fail? And it's like it doesn't work that way. It has to happen naturally. You have to have somebody, you know, pull the rug from under you because it's the lessons that you learn when that happens that you grow from. You can't simulate that feeling. You know, it's not let's make a terrible business decision and lose all of our money. You know, that was you're trying to force it and it has to be natural. And it sounds like you were asked a very profound question at the at the right time that it's interesting, isn't it? Because even though other people can ask us those things, it still has to be the right time because there may have been a time in your life that you weren't even ready to hear that. Um, it was only the fact that, you know, you, you may have already had some of those feelings, but bottled them up inside that when that question was asked, it struck that nerve, it hit that chord and you went, oh, I don't like how that feels. <laughs> and you know what, Phil? I didn't. I could feel all the tension rise in my body. I was like, how dare you ask me that question? You know, even this to my own daughter, I thought, how dare you ask that question? And uh, But it was a great question. And I, and I think you're right. You know, in terms of the failures, you know, it, it, you know, when I started the story, you know, how many people, if they'd got over 100 rejections, would have still carried on down that dream path? Mm. You know, they would have given up or, well, no, this is, this is not going to happen, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Um, so, so you know, away, away we go, and and here it is. And and in terms of starting as well, about that, um, you know, don't wait for perfection. When when we launched on in in January, was it perfect? No, right. And really, a little funny story was because we have um, uh, what what we do. We have at, uh, two uh, no one o'clock in the afternoon and eight o'clock at night and throughout the night as well um we have a, a, an hour called the quiet zone mm. where it's a chance to chill out and relax to some nice relaxing music so the program's scheduled it's it's playing out and um i'm listening and all of a sudden <laughs> in came a great track uh from bon jovi right <laughs> but it wasn't but it wasn't quiet <laughs> okay <laughs> and and again it happened. I'd put the wrong song in a wrong file. But if I'd have waited and double-checked and double-checked and double-checked, I'd have never got off the starting blocks, Phil. I'd have been frightened. No, it's so true. It's it's so, so true. And, and the same can be said for podcasting. I mean, I'm now 10,000 hours plus in, and I think back to when we first started, and, you know, I can't even listen to them. Like, genuinely, I, I, I cringe with embarrassment listening to them. But the point is they, they led me to a certain point and people enjoyed them and people listened to them. And, but, we, you know, we didn't even edit anything. We literally just used to almost put stuff out raw. Um, and, you know, you would have – I mean, we were doing sports podcasts. And I remember we would literally have somebody go, uh, lads, I'll be back in a minute. I'm just going for a smoke. And we just leave it in the show. You know, we just leave it. It was just, it was just really authentic. And then we started to edit it more and more. And this is a true story. Somebody came back to us and said – 
I actually enjoyed the show more when you didn't edit it because it felt like I was down the pub with you guys having a beer. Right. And it was like, that's interesting. So you found it more enjoyable the more authentic it was. So the less kind of edited it was. And it was like, look, everything you see on TV is so edited and polished and airbrushed. And with you guys, it's just so raw and, you know, it's, it's funny. You know, the, the funniest moments are, are the bits that were nothing to do with the sports podcast. We'd just get into a random argument saying, listen, can you stop munching those biscuits so loudly? We're trying to record a show. It's like, it's hobnobs. You can't eat hobnobs quietly. And we got into this whole conversation about what biscuits he could eat quietly. And it ended up being one of our most listened to episodes. It was all about biscuits. It's amazing, um, isn't it? People just resonate, you know, they just resonate with what they resonate with. And, and you're, what you said really kind of struck a chord with me in terms of a, you just got to do it and, and you know, learn as, you, learn as we fall, build the parachute as you fall. <laughs> yeah, you know, and just teaching what you said there around about the podcasts and things, it's about being authentic as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not being sterile, um, you know, it's having some personality, Um you know, when you're doing the interviews with people and and not just asking the set questions, you know, it's anybody could, well, I say anybody, that's not quite true, but, you know, somebody could send me a list of questions and I could just read the questions out parrot fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, it's about engaging and it's about exploring. And, and, you know, where does that, where does the answer to that question take you next? It might take you down a path that you never even thought you were going to go down. That's what makes it authentic. Mm-hmm. And often it does. And that's what makes it enjoyable for other people too, to learn from. I mean, we, we just had this conversation off air, didn't we? That I won't name them, but I had a, a very famous coach who we were approached about having them come on our podcast. And I was really excited to have them on until the, their team sent me a list of pre-scripted questions that I could ask and couldn't deviate from. Um, I had the whole heart versus head dilemma of do I bring this person on because it would be great to have their name associated with us or do I stay true and authentic to what we are and who we are, which is, no, I like to do exactly what you've just said. I like to ask you a question. If that takes me down a rabbit hole that I hadn't even planned, that's because that's where we're supposed to be going. And it's not going to be authentic if I'm just reading questions from a, from a script. It's not, you know, and that's not what people want either when they're listening. You know, if you, if you give a really interesting answer to a question, that answer deserves further exploration. It deserves further kind of examining and and asking more questions around it. It's going to be infuriating for the listeners. If you just move straight onto the next question, it was like, no, 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 that was a really interesting point. Go back to it. Yeah. Yeah, where did yeah where was that one that one gonna go? You know, and um, yes, it's honestly Phil, it's, it's you know it, it's great fun. Um, I wanted the format to be inspiring, um, so that uh, the whole ethos of the station is we we have like feel good music by day, we switch to more relaxing music by night. Inspirational guests from around the world, inspirational book of the week, motivational quotes. Oh, and. And it's expanded as well, Phil, as well, because I wanted Inspire Radio as well to be to be more than a radio station. I wanted it to be an inspirational brand. Yes. So we have we have the Inspire Radio uh, Global Community Facebook page that people have joined on there. Um, so that's expanded and ripple out. That's that's really good, um, and people can share things on there. You know, share stories, positivity. Um, 
and we, we were talking off air as well. It's it's not a place where you go and sell things. Why why do people still go down this route that they think they're going to go on a social media platform and sell, sell, sell? It just beggars belief to me. Share something of value to the audience and people will come to you. Yes. You know. Well, well think about what it was before we called it social media. We called it a social network. And that is not how networking works. You know, if you just walk up to somebody and start trying to sell in their face, they're going to walk off because that's going to make them feel very uncomfortable. You know, networking is about having a conversation, sharing your story, learning about other people's stories and seeing where the opportunities arise. And that was how business always used to be done. And it was how great business is still done. But, you know, we can all relate. I'm sure if we're on LinkedIn to the, the people who you connect with and within two seconds, they've sent you a giant automated script with some links to their products just that are trying to shove down your throat. And I don't think anybody's ever responded well to that message. So I don't know why people still continue to do it. No, it baffles me, but they do. <laughs> but they do. So, yeah, so we're developing it there and, um, you know, it's it's gathering momentum in, in there and really exciting this week as well because it's took ages as this. This is not um, part of the streaming company that we uh, that we use um, was the opportunity to have a, an app. Okay. Right. Brilliant, um, yeah. But, but COVID-19 got in the way. <laughs> yeah with with timelines and things like that but we finally got the app out this week and it's like wow another small step and so again it's a big step yeah well a big step yeah, yeah. And it's like awesome absolutely and and people should definitely go and check that out as well with the inspire radio app i'll definitely stick a link in the description below and they should go and check that out because do you know do you know what that was why i resonated so much with this so you know, we, as you know, we've got some of the, we've got some channels that we work with in terms of radio stuff. We've got some TV stuff that we do, but uh, it's, for me, it's always, it has to, it has to meet the, what we're trying to do. The, the goals have to be aligned. And, you know, I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. Like I, I genuinely love what you're doing with Inspire Radio. I think it's such an important thing. And, you know, even down to the, um, the lack of news. I mean, I, I, I have a self-imposed news blackout because I find myself getting really down when I watch the news. Uh, you know, the news essentially is just a, a collection of clips that show you all the terrible things that are happening globally. And I'm not sure that that's really healthy for anybody um, because what you end up doing is you go down the wrong rabbit hole at that point. You end up going down the, uh, the world thinking, you know, how many times have we said things like, oh, the world's screwed. It's such a mess. It's this, that, and the other. And well, do you know what? There are elements of it that are, of course there are, but there's also some really amazing things that happen in the world. There's there's beautiful relationships happening every single day. There's incredible acts of kindness and, and charity and, and, and success that deserve to be shared just as much, if not more, than the negative stuff. Um, now, we won't get into the whole why people feel it's necessary to just share the negative stuff rather than the positive, but I, I adore the fact that you've taken the opposite stance. And it's, you know what? This is about inspiring people. And if I don't feel that it inspires people, it, whether it's an advert, whether it's a song, whether it's a piece of music, whether it's an interview, whether it's a quote, then it's not going on the network. And I really admire that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and you, you just reminded me there, Phil, as well, of when, when I was doing this. And um, I, I got people in the radio world about, so, you know, so, what, so what's, what's your target for your income? What's your target for this? What's that? And I went... I'm not setting off with that in mind. I'm setting off with making a difference, okay? If we do that right, the other will follow. So I'm not sitting here going, 
just throw all this money at me and that's not what that is not how it is it's let's go down the path of making a difference let's give people some value let's give people the things that they want to listen to you know mm-hmm. um and that's how it how it went and um and, and it's it just keeps rolling it just keeps rolling you know and I, and how we met yes. you know you know we we met we had a conversation i remember doing an interview with yourself some time ago mm. and things have evolved and 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 now here you are doing billionaires in boxes podcast for us on inspire radio how how great is that yeah absolutely no i love it and, and you know that's exactly what this is all about it's you you know you meet people and there are certain people who and, and there's nothing wrong with this but there are certain people that you meet and you kind of think you know that we're not on the same path like i don't gel with that person i don't vibe with them it's like i'm glad that i've met them i don't wish them any harm but i don't really want to spend more time with them and then there are other people that you meet like when we spoke and it was like actually i really get this guy like i i really resonate with what you're doing and and, and the work that you're doing and who it is you're trying to help and you know that was exactly how we ended up doing more work together was you know I, I get you, you get me, and it was like, great, how can we empower more people together? But there was never that conversation, as you said, around well, how much money can we make from this, Steve? You know, how how can we put stuff together and brand it and make sure that we both, you know, become millionaires off the back of this? Because that, that's not what this is about. And if I may, I'll share a story with you because it, it's actually happened to me during this period. So as you know, I fell sick earlier in the year and I found myself in a – in a position that I had sort of uh, post-viral chronic fatigue syndrome, I'm getting better, but I'm, you know, I, I still have a fraction of the energy that I, that I had you know, pre-COVID. And that was really difficult for me because I was a workaholic, self-confessed workaholic. I'll be doing 10, 12 hours a day, six days a week, quite comfortably, if not more. Um, and to suddenly only have the energy for two or three hours a day, I, you know, I found myself in a really weird position. And at first, I was really down about it. I was I was feeling very, very sorry for myself, um, you know, sitting on my sofa in my dressing gown and my slippers, kind of muttering under my breath how annoyed I am. And um, I was worried about money uh, as well. I was worried about, you know, if I can't do the work that I do, I'm not going to continue to earn the money that we make and everything's going to fall apart. And I was I was in a really dark place. Now, when I reflect back on it, I honestly say that, that COVID is the best thing that ever happened for me, not to me, but for me. And the reason for that is it allowed me the ability to reshape my business. And it, I did that by going through an exercise that I don't think I would have done had I not have fallen sick. And that exercise was really about stress is my trigger. It's the thing that makes me feel worse. And I can't work as hard anymore. So now the two things that I had that I used to run off, so you know, I was constantly fighting fires and I was working 12 hours a day. I could now do neither of those two things. So I went to my clients, past and present, and to my team, and I said, okay, if I've only got two to three hours a day to invest into this instead of 12, I'm not going to be able to do the same amount of work. So where is it best that you invest my time? Where would you as my client like to see me invest that time to best help you? And the feedback was phenomenal because it was almost universally, it's your coaching, your strategy, and your one-to-one work. Now, Steve, the reason that's funny is that that was part of our work, but it was part of what I offered as part of our service-based business. So you would buy a service from us and you would get my coaching with it. But it wasn't a standalone thing. It just, it just wasn't. And after everybody said it, I was thinking, 
I wonder whether it should be. So I went out there. Now, bear in mind, and, and look, I don't just judge things on financial because I don't believe that actually financial dictates success. I think, you know, you could earn a million dollars a year and never see your family and that's not successful. And you can earn $100,000 in a year and spend four days a week with your loved ones and that's a far more successful existence. Um, that said, you know, our, our services, we were charging anywhere between, let's say, 1000 and 4000 US for them with my coaching involved. Then we have two coaching packages. One is 10000 US. The other is just under 20000 US. Uh, we're now sold out. We are completely sold out of our coaching services. It has allowed us to achieve a new level of, of financial freedom that I didn't think was possible. And I'm working a fraction of the time that I would have been doing. And I'm absolutely loving what I'm doing. You know, the, the clients love the work that we're doing. It's much more intensive. It's so one-on-one. Like I, I really adore this a lot. And I am big enough and ugly enough to admit that I never, ever would have done that exercise had I not have hit rock bottom, had I not have, had my body have not given up on me, I, I wouldn't have stopped to do that exercise and ask those questions and reflect on how can we make sure that we're adding more value? How can I become more efficient? How can I make sure that I have enough time to recover and rest and, and take care of me? I mean, I'm so busy taking care of other people. I forgot all about taking care of me. And I wouldn't have gone through that exercise had I not have fallen sick. And so when you talked earlier about, you know, you had to fail before you succeeded and, and you know, you, you, you had the ego part and, and all that kind of stuff, like I can fully relate to that, fully relate to that. Because actually, when you put that to one side, you, you realize that the ego and the false sense of happiness that that gave you doesn't actually, it feels quite hollow as, as, a, as a level of joy. Whereas, when you put that to one side, I mean, I, I dare say, I'm, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I imagine you feel far happier now with Inspire Radio than you did when you were that radio DJ with that ego. Oh, oh, tenfold, hundredfold. Yeah. You, know, you just reminded me there, Phil, Phil as well, as, as, you were, as you were talking, because, um, you know, in, in the inspirational work that you do and, and, and I do as well, I was doing a talk one night. And a guy in the audience said to me, um, well, it's all right for you, Mr. Positive, because you, you don't live in the real world. And I, and I went, that's an interesting comment. Um, I actually do live in the same world as you live in. Um, it's just how maybe how we view things that happen to us, we probably view them in a different way. And um, and then and as you were talking there about... Um, you know, you were you were sat on the settee, and uh, there's a there's a part it's part of the talk that I used to do. I used to call it's a, it's what I call the pity pot syndrome. Yeah, and um, I was doing a talk one night, and uh, if I put this into context, many years ago, uh, I was doing a counselling course, and the the tutor, I was in a bit of a I wasn't in a great place at that point in my life, and I was doing a night school uh, class at university, and. Um, the, the tutor this night said to me, um, Steve, uh, I'd like to recommend a book that you read. Oh, right, okay. And the book was called From Meaning, From Misery to Meaning in Midlife. Okay. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting title. I said, is that, am I that bad? And she said, have a read. <laughs> and um, anyway, very, about page eight of this book, Phil, and it stays with me forever as this. It said, most people live their life like reading a book. 
they turn the pages over to see what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Only a few people write their own book. Okay? That's good. And at that point, that was one of the points in my life when I said, right, this is it. I'm off. I'm going to write my own book. So I'm doing this. When I was doing these talks, uh, initially I used to, I won't say I worried. That's not, that's a bit strong, but I used to think about, well, I, I hope the people who are on this talk actually leave tonight and do something about their lives. Because again, using that word that I don't like using fail, but I think I'd failed if I hadn't. And then, then I remembered that only a few people actually write their own book. So I changed my thought that all I'm doing in this talk is giving people an opportunity, a framework to make a change. If they don't take responsibility for that, there's nothing I can do about it. So in an audience in an evening, I used to think, well, if, if only 5% go out and make a change, with it, even if one does, to be honest, but, but we've helped. And I talked about the pity pot syndrome. And, and I said, look, coming back to this guy that asked me about the positive, Mr. Positive, I said, look, I live in the real world. I have challenges. There's days I don't feel great. There's days I'm on my pity pot. The big difference is I don't stay on the pity pot for long. I allow myself to be on that pity pot, but I'm off and I move forward. And unfortunately, some people just stay on the pity pot forever and it's always somebody else's fault and always somebody else to blame. Um, and it's not. It's about taking responsibility. Hey, do you know what? It's such a powerful point. And when you're talking about change there, you know, I, I once heard that it, it's almost impossible to change somebody, but when you're ready to change, it's the most natural thing in the world. Um, you know, you think of the example of people who smoke, you know, they smoke for years and years and the family and friends are giving them all this logic as to why they shouldn't. And the doctors are giving them all the health benefits and leaflets to go and read. And it, it's just going in one ear and out the other because they're not ready to change. And then one day, something happens and they'll never smoke again. They don't need the patches. They didn't need the hypnotherapy. They didn't need any of that. It was the decision has been made. But, you know, you have to be ready to change. You can't change somebody. I I, I really don't believe that, you know, you can only give somebody the tools to change themselves. But if if their mindset is not ready to change at this point, um, you know, you can be giving them the best tools and the best advice in the world. That, that That's no, it's not a disservice on the work that you're doing. It's just that they're not ready to embrace it at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. To- totally agree. Totally agree. And as, and as long as on Inspire, we keep putting those messages out, we keep getting the inspirational guests and, and things that resonate with people. And one thing, one thing I would uh, uh, say, Phil, as well, is one thing that we're not about is we're not about the rah, rah, rah stories. Yes. Right. Um, we're not about change your life in seven days, buy my book, buy this. We're not into that. Um, we're into real stories that resonate with people. And, and one of the a couple of stories that really spring to my mind that have really resonated with people. There's some time ago, I was interviewing a, a, a young man. He was 35 years of age and he was living with motor neuron disease. Oh no, awful disease. And I was doing this, oh, I was doing this interview with him. And um, um, one of the questions I used to ask people when I was doing that was, um, have you got somebody that inspires you? Um, and he mentioned a guitarist that I'd not heard of. Um, and he said, this guitarist really inspires me. And I went, why is that then? Tell me more. And he says, well, I'm also a guitarist. And this guitarist 
unfortunately, died through motor neuron disease. Um, and I noticed one of the reasons that I noticed there was something wrong was I couldn't get my hand up and down the frets properly. Okay. And he said, I've been living with it a lot longer than, unfortunately, he did. Right. Wow. So I'm recording this interview to play out with him on the, on the radio station. And um, so he's sharing his story, which was really powerful. I've got this song to play that really inspires him. And I'm, I'm trailing the show before we're doing all this. And about 10 minutes before I'm about to play this out, I get an email um, from his sister. Now, I don't know why I thought this, to be honest, but I saw this email and, and it said, you're playing an interview with my brother in about 10 or 15 minutes' time. And for some reason, I thought it was going to say, please don't play it. Right, I, don't know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I did, but I did. But then I read it on. And it said, would you pass a message to him, please, um, and just tell him how much I love him, because I don't tell him often enough. And, and can you play Chesney Hawks, You're My One and Only for him? So I'm in this studio now. I'm like a bit of an emotional wreck. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> I've, I've got this song that he's inspires him. I've now got his sister to watch this song played. And then the song after that on my playlist is Enrique Inglese, and hero. Yeah. So you're a blubbering mess in the studio. I'm a blubbering mess in the studio, (laughs) mate. Because, you know, at that time I'd got somebody that's on the air after me. He's gone, he's cracked off, you know, and we're like, hit the button for God's sake. Just play play the music. Yeah. But the texts and emails we got after that interview were phenomenal. I bet. You know, that's the type of interviews that make a difference. That's what resonates with people. And I did an interview with another guy called Tom Fitzsimons. Now, Tom ran across America in 100 days. Wow. Um, He's a recovering alcoholic. It was a run for sobriety. And um, I was doing an interview with Tom, and he's got a great book out called It's Not About the Beard. Right. And and Tom went on to do some inspirational speaking. And... uh, the story is he's running across America and he was in running across the desert, Nevada desert, and he was in pain, he was bleeding. And and Tom's an Irish guy, but has lived in Wakefield for years here in North Yorkshire. So he's got this strong like Irish northern North York West Yorkshire accent. What an amazing mix. Yes. <laughs> and and he's running across the desert. He said, and I'm on my own, because he's fallen out with his brother, who was his backup crew that had a row. Right. <laughs> So he said, I'm on my own, I'm hurting. He said, and alongside me arrives this American guy on a Harley Davidson. Typical, just picture it, right? And he yeah. said, and he stops and he looks at me and he says to me, um, have you got, uh, how are you feeling? He said, I'm hurting, uh, I'm in pain. And the guy in the Harley said, have you got enough food? He said, yeah. He said, have you got enough water? He said, Yeah. He said, have you got a place to sleep for the night? He went, yeah. And he went, my friend, you have everything you need. Yeah, that's powerful. And rode off. And Tom just said, it was like it, it was like somebody just delivered this angel to keep me going um, and motivating through. And again, what happened after that interview with, with Tom, because there was two songs that, that he constantly played to himself. One was Bon Jovi's Army of One. Yeah. And the other 
was Labisifri's Something Inside So Strong. Oh, I love that song. And then, and what really got us then, because we had another blubbering moment for this, was, and he said, and the, one of the reasons I love that song so much, Steve, is not just because I played it to myself running through the desert, is was they play that song every day in my son's assembly at school. Oh, wow. Because it's not out there what matters, it's what's inside that keeps you going. Well, bang, we were off you've, again. we have gone again. Yeah, but gone yeah. again. <laughs> I love that. Well, look, look, that story for Tom, though, I mean, you, that that motorcyclist that pulled up, that wasn't a coincidence. That no. wasn't random. That was supposed to happen at that very moment. And, you know, I, I, we, we may never know, but I know what would be fascinating was I wonder if that motorcyclist remembers that moment. Tom will remember that moment for the rest of his life. I wonder whether that motorcyclist does because that – that kind words, that helping hand, even sometimes just that smile you give to somebody on the street, not so much at the moment because we're all wearing masks, of course. Um, but, you know, that, that smile that you give to somebody could just have been the thing that they really needed at that exact moment. And, and it may be something so small to you but could have a massive difference on somebody else's life. And I think that's, that's, that's really powerful. And you know what? Coming back to that as well, um, I met Tom... Um, I was doing an exhibition, um, taking part in one, and Tom was there launching his new book. I'd never met him before. So we just went up, coming back to what we were saying earlier, had a conversation, would you like to do this? So he came in and I actually said to Tom, I said, um, interestingly enough, Tom, why is it called It's Not About the Beard? And he went, right, here we go. He said, so... I called it that, Steve, because I'm doing my inspirational talks and I'm talking about running across in America in 100 days, all the challenges and all the things to overcome. Yeah. And people, because I'd grown a beard then, he said people at the end of the meeting or the talk would come and say, I love the beard, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom went, it's not about their beard. <laughs> it's the it. book, you know. So uh, What a great and, name. Great name, and it's, it's a smashing guy, you know. And so, it's it's human stories. It's not the rah rah rahs. It's things that resonate. It's things that make a difference, Phil. Mm. And and do you know what, Steve? That's why you and I get on so well because that was exactly what we said during our first conversation. Was you know. There are a lot of coaches out there and a lot of motivational speakers, and I'm not a big fan of the rah 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 either. Um, you know, there are. I always use the analogy of you know there are people who, you know, when you hear them, it's like I was sleeping in my car and I was broke, and now I'm a multimillionaire and best-selling author, and it's like, hang on, don't just brush over that bit. That middle bit's really important. Like that's that's the bit that most of the learning can be done for other people. So let's just let's not skip it. <laughs> let's look at that bit. You know. And that's what I think um, I, I always really enjoy doing is is having conversations with really successful people, but often about some of the hardest times in their lives. Often, you know, I've had conversations with coaches who are best-selling authors and selling out arenas, and they're talking to me about the times that they were on drugs, and they're talking to me about the suicide attempts in their life, and they're talking to me about the breakdown of their marriage, and it's it's going back to that that person that said to you it's all right for you mr motivational you don't live in the real world well you do live in the real world it's just it's just you know somebody once said to me it was a good mentor of mine a good friend said life is like a wheel there are high points and there are low points only the idiot stops at the bottom and stays there um 
And I remember thinking that's a really good point. Like when you, you know, when you're sat in your face in the dirt and you don't think there's any way to go up, well, life is a wheel. So if you're at the very bottom right now, the good news is you're on the way back up. So don't stop and sit down at this point, you know, just keep going, keep pushing. Um, and, and more importantly, and this is where I think things like inspire radio can really help it's it's the human stories and the human connection with people. Um, you know, we don't always have the answers that we need right now, you know, in that, in that place, in that mindset, in that situation that you find yourselves in, but actually hearing a story like Tom's story or hearing an interview or even a piece of music or being recommended as you were by your, your lecturer, that book, um, you know, you may never have got to the path where you are today had they not have recommended you to that book. So something seemingly so small actually had such a profound effect on your life. And all too often when we are going through hard times, it's very easy to shut the curtains and close ourselves off from the world. And especially at the moment with, we know with COVID happening, it's very, very easy to lock ourselves away and, and, and sit, have that pity party, you know? And I think the important thing with this is just get out and talk to people, have that conversation, listen to inspire radio, listen to podcasts, listen to, listen to interviews and, and audio books that are going to lift you up. And a final bit of advice is turn off the news. <laughs> Please. Yes. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, just don't go there. No, absolutely not. Steve, how can people find you and how can people find Inspire Radio, my friend? Um, Inspire Radio is, uh, the website is inspireradio.co.uk. Just go on there and check us out. Uh, If they want to connect with me um, on LinkedIn, it's uh, Steve Twynham or they can email me at uh, stevetwynham.com. Absolutely perfect. Steve, this has been a real pleasure. We'll absolutely have to do this again. I'm already, well, I'm invested in it, of course, but I'm already looking forward to seeing the progression of Inspire Radio. It it, it does not surprise me whatsoever uh, that it's had such a meteoric rise, and I'm sure that that will continue because this is exactly what the world needs right now, my friend. And uh, on behalf of me and our listeners, not just for this interview, but for creating Inspire Radio in the first place, can I just say thank you? Um, Because I think that's exactly what we all needed at this time. Thanks, Phil. It's been a pleasure and uh, have the best day you possibly can, my friend. You too, brother. Stay blessed and thank you so much. Um, Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Billionaires in Boxers. As as I said, I'll share the links in the description below. Uh, I hope that you've taken a lot away from this interview. I know that I certainly have. And uh, until next time. This is Billionaires in Boxers, empowering one billion entrepreneurs, one podcast at a time.